coming to you from a cozy little condo high atop old Fort Ward, Atlanta. Welcome, Welcome to The Ron Show on America One Radio. Here's your host, Ron Roberts. A relatively quiet-ish sort of day for city, state, even national headlines. I'll be joined later in the show with Cindy Simpson. She is the moderator, administrator, founder, creator of the Political Rewinders Unwind Facebook group. That is a group that for, I believe, about four years or so has been uh, a little bit of a, a gathering space on social media of sorts for those who listen to routinely Political Rewind on Georgia Public Broadcasting with host Bill Nygut. As we learned last week, Bill Nygut and the show itself will be no more at the end of June. So we'll talk with Cindy and find out a little bit about her Facebook group and what they're saying and what other speculation might be out there as far as where Bill's going, where the show might resurface, if at all. Pretty interesting conversation. Can't wait to have that with her. I guess we'll lead with the submarine story. I just I have paid no attention to it on this show, obviously, because it's not really a political story per se, although there are a lot of lessons to learn from it. And I don't like doing the whole ideological victory lap thing fresh on the news that rescuers are assuming that all five passengers in this, I even hesitate to call it a submarine, it was more like a tube uh, that uh, went to tour the remnants of the Titanic below sea. Anyway, all five are presumed dead. There was apparently a debris field seen by some of the remote equipment that had been traversing the search pattern. And the assumption is that uh, device they were traveling in did not survive the intense pressure that comes with being that far underwater, which is ironic because I'm sure you've seen these stories by now. There was a whistleblower within the company that creates these contraptions that said these submarines aren't able to handle the depths we're saying that they are, and he lost his job for trying to say something about it. According to an article in the UK Independent, the headline, Whistleblowers Warned Ocean Gate Safety Issues Could Prove Catastrophic, Then Its Titanic Sub Imploded. A top employee raised safety concerns five years before the vessel's catastrophic implosion. We actually have audio from that Coast Guard press conference. Let's give that to you here. May I now please introduce Rear Admiral John Mogger. This morning, an ROV or remote-operated vehicle from the vessel Horizon Arctic discovered the tail cone of the Titan submersible approximately 1,600 feet from the bow of the Titanic on the seafloor. The ROV subsequently found additional debris. In consultation with experts from within the Unified Command, the debris is consistent with the catastrophic loss of the pressure chamber. Upon this determination, we immediately notified the families. 
on behalf of the United States Coast Guard and the entire Unified Command, I offer my deepest condolences to the families. I can only imagine what this has been like for them. And I hope that this discovery provides some solace during this difficult time. Additionally, we've been in close contact with the British and French Consuls General to ensure that they are fully apprised and that their concerns are being addressed. The outpouring of support in this highly complex search operation has been robust and immensely appreciated. We are grateful for the rapid mobilization of experts on the undersea search and rescue and we thank all of the agencies and personnel for their role in the response. We're also incredibly grateful for the full spectrum of international assistance that's been provided. The ROVs will remain on scene and continue to gather information. Again, our most heartfelt condolences go out to the loved ones of the crew. We'll now take questions. This was a uh, incredibly uh, complex uh, case, uh, and we're still working to develop the details uh, for the timeline involved uh, with. Uh, this casualty and uh, the response. And so we'll provide that information. So this is an incredibly complex uh, operating environment on the seafloor over two miles uh, beneath the surface. And so uh, the the remote operating vehicle has been searching and it is highly capable uh, and we've been able to classify uh, parts of the uh, pressure chamber uh, for uh, the Titan submersible. Let me refer to uh, one of my uh, undersea experts here, uh, Mr. Uh, Paul Hankin, to talk about uh, the nature of some of the debris. Thank you, Admiral. So, essentially, we found uh, five different major pieces of, of debris that uh, told us that it was the uh, remains of the Titan. The initial thing we found was the nose cone, which was outside of the pressure hull. Um, we then found a large debris field. Within that large debris field, uh, we found the, the front end bell of the pressure hull. That was the first indication that um, there was a catastrophic event. Um, shortly thereafter, we found the, a second smaller debris field. Within that debris field, uh, we found the, the other end of the pressure hull, the, the aft end bell, um, which was basically the, comprised of the totality of that pressure vessel. Um, we continue to map the debris field 
and as the Admiral said, we will uh, do the best we can to fully map out what's down there. So, so the question was uh, related. I'm restating the question from the standpoint of uh, sometimes it's hard to hear the question here. Uh, what are the prospects for re uh, recovering uh, crew members? And so uh, this is an incredibly unforgiving uh, environment down there uh, on the seafloor. Uh, and uh, the debris is consistent with a catastrophic uh, implosion of uh, the vessel. And so uh, we'll continue to uh, work and continue to uh, search uh, the area uh, down there. But uh, I, I don't have an answer for uh, prospects at this time. So that is audio from a press conference heard uh, around 3 o'clock today. The Coast Guard giving the grim news that a debris field consistent with the missing submarine Titan, the Ocean Gate Titan, had been found some 1,600 was it feet from the bow of the Titanic. Going back to the UK Independent article, it was in 2018 that the company fired David Lockridge, Ocean Gate's Director of Marine Operations. They claimed he breached his contract and shared confidential information about its designs with two individuals, as well as the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA. However, Mr. Lockridge alleged in a wrongful termination suit obtained by the New Republic that he was fired for blowing the whistle about concerning safety issues. According to the suit, Mr. Lockridge delivered highly critical updates regarding the ship's quality control to senior management and OceanGate CEO Stockton Rush. Stockton Rush among those presumed dead. Pointing to alleged issues such as visible flaws in the ship's carbon fiber hull, prevalent flaws in a scale model, flammable materials on board, a viewing window not rated for the Titanic's depth, and key safety documents that were not shared with him. The article continues further down. An attorney for Mr. Lockridge, who settled with the company in 2018, said, the man has no comment in that, quote, we pray for everyone's safe return. There's all kind of social media fodder, memes and articles that evoke back to the CEO having no regard for safety, something about like, don't get out of bed if you want to feel safe, yada, yada. There's just no point in taking victory laps about occupational safety or, you know, hyper-scrutinized regulatory oversight, blah, 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 blah. I'll, I'll tell you the thing that sort of kind of grosses me out. And, and listen, it's a story that captured a lot of folks' attention for whatever reason. But we have a case where five well-to-do individuals who all paid a quarter of a million dollars, well, aside from the CEO, paid a quarter of a million dollars for this opportunity to take a tour like a, like a tourist to see the Titanic, basically a graveyard, in a contraption that looks like it was designed by spanking alfalfa and our gang. Anyway, all that got all this attention over the last few days, not just here, but around the world. Media is a buzz about it. Social media, a buzz about it. But I wonder how many of us even knew about the dead and missing from boats that capsized in Greece. 
More than 75 immigrants, several missing, are presumed dead, many of them children, just off the Canary Islands. Another capsizing, a boat, I believe, just traversing a river, coming from a wedding, more than 50 dead, several missing. Both of those events occurring just in the last week or two. Neither of them getting near the ink or social media buzz as this. And I I just question why. Sad, yeah. All three stories, absolutely sad. All with human loss. But by sheer volume, why is the world not a buzz about Greece or Nigeria? Just something I'm wondering. More Ron Show after this on America One Radio or wherever you podcast. Welcome back to the Ron Show. If you're listening on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com, I certainly appreciate that. You can always, by the way, if you have one of those Echo or Echo Dots, say, hey, eh, her name. She's right over there, so I can't say her name, but you know her name, A-L-E-X-A. You can say, hey, that name, enable the America One Radio app, and she'll do that. When this show airs, 5 to 6 p.m. weekdays on America One Radio, that's your opportunity to listen. I mean, you can listen to that station anytime you want. You can say, hey, her name, enable the America One Radio app, and listen to all sorts of other stuff on America One Radio. Tom Hartman, Stephanie Miller, Randy Rhodes, et cetera, and so on. You can also, of course, listen to the show on whatever podcast provider you choose. Just search for The Ron Show, and you shall find it. And I thank you for listening, however it is you listen. Uh, Next segment, we have Cindy Simpson on. She is the creator, the administrator, moderator of the Facebook group that is sort of a uh, gathering spot for those who listen to Political Rewind on Georgia Public Broadcasting and its many radio stations throughout the state with host Bill Nygut. We'll talk with her and kind of get a temperature of the group, how they're feeling now that they know that that show and that host with that show will not be on the air at the end of this month. Also have to tip a cap to the folks at stateaffairs.com. The State Affairs staff has crunched the numbers from 2022 and determined (laughs) which of Georgia's legislators gobbles up the most lobbying. The Golden Fork Awards have been announced, and we'll share those findings with you at the end of the show. Okay, two trailer park girls, round the outside, round the outside. Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene. They used to be buddies. Remember how chummy they were, especially while yelling and scoffing at and jeering at President Joe Biden during a State of the Union address? They sat next to each other. They were gal pals. They were Laverne and Shirley. And now they don't get along with each other. Not because they disagree with each other ideologically. No, They're both spotlight hogs looking to grab the spotlight. They both agree that President Joe Biden, for reasons that really can't be quantified with actual evidence, should be impeached. And they're arguing and feuding over whose impeachment bill should be voted on, heard first and voted on. Well... This from the Daily Beast. Marjorie Taylor Greene calls Lauren Boebert a little bitch on the House floor. That's right, a feud. 
That has been sort of simmering, is now at full-on boil. Ever since the whole House Speaker vote, they were on different sides there, and now they just cannot stand each other. If you can't get two Republican women, two feral (laughs) House representatives for the GOP, you can't get those two to get along with each other, how is the opposition party supposed to work with them? The Daily Beast writes, The angry exchange came as the two lawmakers have been swiping at each other over their competing resolutions to impeach President Joe Biden. But tensions came to a head on Wednesday after Boebert leveraged a procedural tool she outsmarted Marjorie Taylor Greene to force a vote on her own impeachment resolution within days, undercutting Greene, who had offered her own resolution but not with the procedural advantages of forcing a vote. Green apparently cursed out Boebert while the House was voting Wednesday afternoon as the two spoke in a center aisle of the House floor, part of their interactions captured on C-SPAN's cameras. More from the Daily Beast, according to two sources that saw the exchange and a third familiar with the matter, the back and forth began when Boebert approached Green then seated in the chamber, and confronted her over, quote, statements you made about me publicly. Uh Uh-oh. I heard you men talking about me. All three of the sources said Green called Bobert a bitch. One of the sources said Green called her a little bitch. According to two of the sources, writes the Daily Beast, Green then stood up and alleged that Bobert, quote, copied my articles of impeachment to which the Colorado lawmaker fired back that she hadn't even read Green's resolution. Okay. One, would it surprise you that Lauren Boebert had copied Control-C, Control-V, Marjorie's articles of impeachment? No, it wouldn't surprise you. Would it also not surprise you, however, that Lauren Boebert doesn't read? No, that wouldn't surprise you either. Uh, Another quote, I've donated to you, I've defended you, but you've been nothing but a little bitch to me, Green told Boebert, according to a source who witnessed the exchange, and you copied my articles of impeachment after I asked you to co-sponsor them. The name-calling, according to the Daily Beast, was confirmed by another GOP lawmaker and another source who witnessed the exchange, saying, I heard Marjorie call Boebert a bitch right to her face. That GOP representative granted anonymity. Bobert responded, Okay, Marjorie, we're through. And as Bobert turned her back and walked away, Marjorie, liking to get the last word, says, We were never together. So when the Daily Beast reached out to Lauren Bobert to ask about this exchange, she didn't deny the back and forth. Telling the Daily Beast, Marjorie's not my enemy. I came here to protect our children and their posterity. Joe Biden and the Democrats are destroying our country. My priorities are to correct their bad policies and save America. Bobert also telling CNN, like I said, I'm not in middle school. Did she pass middle school? Marjorie Taylor Greene telling the Daily Beast, Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. 
Marjorie did want to point out, however, that Lauren is cheating off of her papers. She, earlier in the day, said that she had been the one long championing articles of impeachment against Biden and strongly suggested, according to the Daily Beast, that Boebert is late to a push that she herself already owns. Lauren Boebert has never addressed the conference, she said. I made it clear to the conference that I have introduced articles of impeachment literally since Joe Biden's first day in office. I've been talking about it with everybody forever. Literally everyone forever. Till I'm blue in the face. You see me? I'm blue in the face. Here I am defending Marjorie. She's right. She's been seeking to impeach Joe Biden from the day he was sworn in. We know this. Baselessly, of course, and continuing to be baseless, but... What a delicious little exchange, right? Sometimes I really love following politics. Back after this, The Ron Show on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com, or wherever you podcast. Follow The Ron Show on Facebook at The Ron Show Radio. The Ron Show on America One Radio. I have the pleasure of speaking with Cindy Simpson. Cindy Simpson is the administrator, and I, I will presume, I didn't ask beforehand, the creator of the Facebook group that keeps tabs on all things Political Rewind. Uh, it's called uh, Political Rewinders, right, Cindy? Am I getting that right? Uh, Political Rewinders Unwind. There you go. And uh, Cindy, thanks for joining us. I appreciate that. Thank you. So uh, it's been, uh, I guess, since last week we learned that... Uh, Political Rewind on Georgia Public Broadcasting with host Bill Nygut will be no more as of the end of this month. And I'm not sure how I found out about your Facebook group, but I did, and I asked to join, and I got in. Cindy blessed me with uh, a greeting and uh, a welcome, and ever since I've been kind of keeping tabs on what you guys have known and have learned about the demise of Political Rewind. So tell me, first of all, how long has this uh, Facebook group been in existence? Uh, four years. I'm not sure exactly. I, I had to go back and look on Facebook to see, but they said four years. So it's, you know, it's been through not just a Johnny Come Lately endeavor and regarding political rewind. You mentioned uh, off the air that you guys started with about 400 members. And of course, membership has ballooned in the last week or so. Can you tell me the geographical makeup of most of the members? I would presume most are in Metro Atlanta, right? But not specifically just Metro Atlanta. Oh, no, no, no. We've got people from Savannah. We've got pecan growers. You can tell by what kind of groups they belong to. Uh Savannah, Augusta, people in Margaret Taylor Greene's district. Um, They're all over the state, definitely all over the state, which, you know, tells us that who didn't know that the group existed, that there are listeners all over the state. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that really saddens me about the loss of a show of this kind is that in most of the corners of this state, conversation of a radio variety, whether it be FM, AM, or even in this realm, an online version, it's usually either religious or right-wing driven. And so the loss of a show like Political Rewind leaves uh, a gap. Now, there are those, and, and you know, I have, I have a friend who does uh, uh, conservative talk radio back in my hometown. He points out, oh, Bill Nygut was 
left-leaning and Republicans when he used to work at WSB, blah, 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 blah. But to me, it's not just about Bill Nygut. It's about the forum itself. Uh, can you speak to that? How do your members feel? Are, are they are they more uh, upset about not having Bill Nygut in their daily life, or is it the show itself? Um, I would say it's the show itself with Bill Nygut being okay. so excellent as he is, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And he is a very f- friendly and gregarious sort. He 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 fosters a civil dialogue. He's had Republicans on the show. I, I point this out all the time to to those who are oh, it's a liberal. He has Republicans on the show all the time. They're just not usually of the MAGA fanatic variety. That's right. That's right. As a matter of fact, one of the pressures may have been that at one point he decided he was not going to have um, anybody who believed the big lie. Yeah anymore and uh so that weaned off a lot of conservatives that might have wanted to be on the show but he still has republican strategists Mm -hmm. all the time every every you know every other day it's perplexing to hear that because nugget chose not to have the big lie uh, conspirators on the show that that may have been something that rankled those in the state legislature but but fox news because of dominion voting stop putting the big lie believers on as well. Uh, and to that end, it's just kind of one of those questions. Well, do, do you want to allow for civil discourse to happen, but in a vein of reality, or should it be a free-for-all for the monkey poop throwers? That's right. Absolutely right. And uh, it, it, I'm thinking that the Georgia individuals who pressured to uh, do away with this show are of the latter. Mm. You know, they, they're willing to give everybody a say. Mm. And, uh, it got away from the show, got away from allowing that. And so we've got people in our legislature and government that like that, um, talk and, and appreciate it and want people to hear it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's in my book, very, very inappropriate um, because we're leading people, it's all entertainment driven and dollar driven. And so it's, it's, it, that's the big lie that people believe these outrageous conspiracy and other type of stories. It is fascinating to listen to conspiracies from the side of the aisle that tends to have the control at the state level, most often at the federal level, uh, even when they don't have the will of the people or the popular vote behind them. But that's another conversation for another day. So the mood of the group now that it it seems uh, there's a resignation that there's no saving this show, right? Are there efforts to try and save the show? What's what's happening? Um. It runs through my mind to try to have some crowdsourcing mm-hmm. if it was purely money, but um, I don't think so. And Bill has been, he's so wonderful. He, throughout this, he's still, you know, holding his head up high and saying, okay, well, this is this is just what it is. So mm-hmm. I don't think we really, the crowdsourcing would not help. Mm. Um, he has been indicating to my uh, hearing that he will appear somewhere else. Maybe the show with the same name, even hmm. as a podcast, or maybe something else. Somebody else will pick it up. It is uh, drawing revenue. Hmm. All of the uh, sustainers that were supporting GPB because of this show, they're pulling out in mass, from what I can tell. Hmm. They're calling and saying, "Cancel my subscription," because uh, that's why they put it in there. Now, GPB is not, you know, the devil. 
certainly got some wonderful stuff. The TV mm. is great, but you know, you, we're just not going to allow anything that is maybe tainted in either way. I, I don't know. And, and to that end, you, you mentioned that perhaps Bill winds up somewhere else. Atlanta famously has two uh, NPR stations. Unfortunately, of course, if, if he goes across town to another NPR station, it doesn't mean he's going to wind up on other GPB affiliates throughout the rest of the state. Uh, and I'm not sure how that works. You know, some I guess some could independently sign on if they wanted. I don't know. But uh, and, and as you mentioned, podcast form is available. to. In fact, the show is podcasted after the fact. You can listen to it on, yes. uh, on uh, you know, via podcast. And I think through the GPB app, I, obviously, he would wind up, you know, in another realm if he decided to do that. And uh, I didn't get to listen. He didn't He didn't speak much to that when he addressed the news uh, when he came back on the air Tuesday, did he? Uh, that's what I can't remember exactly. I heard that he said, we will appear somewhere else. We're not giving up. Yeah. Um, but what that means, I don't know. I don't know exactly how in advance he had heard this news. Mm-hmm. It was somewhat because at least one of the analysts that I'm friends with said that he was not- notifying panelists at least a couple of days ahead of it. Oh. And I'm sure he took a very, I called it Pollyanna attitude <laughs> about it and told them, you know, it'll be all right. We'll, we'll, we'll move forward somehow. Yeah. At which point you may have to change the name of the group because he may have to change the name of the show or go somewhere else. But you're, you're up to the task, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, a lot of people have appreciated us having, they've said, I want this group to continue because maybe it's a Georgia, a place for Georgians to gather mm. and yeah. meet each other. That's, uh, that is encouraging. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's all about, you know, uh, community and, and, and being able to, to, to gather and, and, and share thoughts and comments during a show, after a show, uh, and, and of course, in the last week or so, much more about the show in and of itself as the whole. Cindy, I want to thank you for giving me a few minutes to talk. Anything else you want me to uh, to, to address while we're, while we've got you on here to talk about this uh, this change of scenery for Bill Nygut and for Political <laughs> Rewind on GPB? Well, I would you know recommend anybody who wants to try to help keep up or or provide more information to join Political Rewinders Unwind on Facebook, and uh, we'll welcome them and keep listening to the show and keep the faith and. We'll hope for the best. All right. We'll uh, also put a link to the Facebook group in today's show notes. You can find that at ronshowatl.com. Uh, also at ronshowatl on Twitter and ronshowradio on Facebook as well. That is Cindy Simpson. She is the administrator, the moderator, the creator of the Political Rewinders Unwind Facebook group. And like many in her group, she's uh, spent the last week letting it morning. all soak in. That, yeah, in morning, exactly. That Political Rewind will no longer be. All right, Cindy, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate you for joining The Ron Show. Thank you. Okay, so now, true story. After we concluded that call, Cindy and I were talking, and she said, oh, I should have suggested that maybe America One Radio add Bill Nygut to their lineup. And yeah, no, we we absolutely love to do that. I don't think we can afford it. In fact, I know we can't afford it. It's funny. Uh, the station manager and I were texting a little bit about that yesterday. Uh, I woke up and, I don't know, something told me to turn on the app. And so I, I had uh, A-L-E-X-A do that. I have to whisper because she can hear me. Um, and so it came on. And I was thinking I was going to hear 
uh, whatever was on. Uh, what's on that early? And it was me. <laughs> it was me from the day before. So uh, I was like, okay, that's strange. I texted the station manager and I said, uh, how long have you been doing that? Or is that right? Is there something wrong? And he was just telling me that there's been some sort of changes. Like, I want to say there's a change to the way Randy Rhodes is delivering her show. She's not broadcasting it to a ton of affiliates anymore. However, fear not, she will remain on America One Radio. She decided she wants to stay with a select few stations, and America One Radio is one of them. So how cool is that? Way to, way to go, Jeremy. <clears throat> Nonetheless, I was listening to my show that morning, and I thought to myself, boy, um, I want to say Bill's show airs at 9 a.m. and then repeats at 2 p.m., and it'd be nice to have a show like that on America One Radio. So we were texting, and we were kind of joking, and I'm like, well, you know, you got a, got a little scratch set aside there for a Bill Nugget. You've been upgrading the app and the website, and you got all this money to spend. And it turns out that, uh, listen, America One Radio is not uh, a money-making venture right now, and I'm, I'm spilling his tea. And, and this show certainly is not either. We're not hoarding cash or raking it in or anything like that. This is a passion project for both America One Radio's ownership and myself. Uh, so needless to say, there ain't no money. There ain't no money to be hiring personnel to be doing shows like that. And oh, I got a, I almost, I, I almost choked up a little bit when uh, the owner said, "Now, if I had money to pay somebody, I'd pay you first. Oh, how nice was that? I it was like, I literally kind of had one of those mm, moments as I read that text. That was very nice. But seriously, add Bill Nugget. If you're going to throw money at anybody, add Bill Nugget. Because then the station will do well. And then I'll do well because the station's doing, yeah, it, it'll, it'll all, Bill Nugget's got me by quite a few years. Uh, that show had been on the air for 10. He'd been in journalism and covering Atlanta and Georgia politics well before I was here. If you got the money, Jer, add Bill Nugget. And Cindy, don't think I wasn't hearing you when you said that, because I, I, we, it's just funny that she mentioned that off the air. I was like, well, you know, it's funny you should mention that. We were kind of ha-ha joking about it yesterday and, you know, concluded, we don't have money to do that, but man, if we did, that would be fantastic. Am I right? By the way, the America One Radio app and AmericaOneRadio.com, you can listen to that throughout the state of Georgia, much like Political Rewind, and throughout the U.S., around the world. Do we have international listeners? I'm sure we do. I guess you could say technically he could actually broaden his reach by coming to America One Radio. But unlike GPB, we ain't got the money to be paying him. So, unless we can figure out something to do to make it so that... It, whatever. <laughs> we'll all be watching to see where Bill Nugget's going, and I'm pretty sure it's not going to be America One Radio. More on show after this on the America One Radio app, americaonradio.com, or wherever you podcast. Final segment of the Ron Show, and I'm just going to do a little bit of the uh, notebook emptying sort of stuff. If you haven't done this yet, Get yourself a free account at stateaffairs.com. Jill Jordan Cedar reports on the winner of this year's Golden Fork Awards. If you're asking yourself, or me, Ron, what the hell are the Golden Fork Awards? State Affairs is starting a new effort. It's their inaugural Golden Fork Awards reporting on gifts to Georgia legislators from lobbyists and the organizations they represent. Uh, as the editor's note here says, 
Uh, our report furthers an annual tradition begun by our State Affairs Pro News Bureau in Kansas of bestowing the Golden Fork and other awards to lawmakers who receive the most hospitality gifts each year. The note continues, We come through hundreds of reports by lobbyists to the State Ethics Commission, officially the Georgia Governor's Transparency and Campaign Finance Commission. From January 1, 2022 to December 31st, 2022, and determined which legislators received the most freebies, including meals, lodging, travel accommodations, and other gifts. I mean, why not? I, I like this idea. It's a great idea. We've learned so much about the sort of gifts Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas has received directly and indirectly. Justice Samuel Alito apparently was reeled in by Paul Singer. Hell of a fisherman Paul Singer is. Pulled in a 200-pounder, right? <laughs> is this seriously the most corrupt Supreme Court in U.S. history? How sad is that? Anyway, back to the Golden Fork Awards. Great job done by the staff at stateaffairs.com. So, Jill Jordan Cedar reports, who our winner this year is. Number one, Representative Bruce Williamson, the best fed fella. He actually won overall, and there are three categories. There's the best fed man, best fed woman, best fed Democrat. And the overall winner was Representative Williamson. From Monroe, Georgia, he wins the Golden Fork Award for receiving the most food, drink, lodging, and other hospitality in 2022, according to stateaffairs.com. Also winning the designation for Best Fed Man. We're looking at uh, lobbyists reporting $9,083 on hospitality, specifically for Williamson and his family, including meals, drinks, and hotel stays, the article cites. Now, according to State Affairs, attendance at gatherings with private associations, some at swanky seaside locales, account for more than half of Williamson's tally. Georgia Bankers Association treated Williamson to a $2,024 in accommodations during an annual meeting at the Breakers in West Palm Beach, Florida in June, followed by the annual convention of the Georgia Beer Wholesalers Association which paid for $1,842 in food and hotel accommodations. Georgia Chamber of Commerce, just $725 on Williamson during its Spring Government Affairs Conference at the King and Prince Beach and Golf Resort in St. Simons, while the Medical Association of Georgia paid just $500 to cover his stay at the Weston Hilton Head Island Resort and Spa in South Carolina during its two-day, quote, educational meeting and dinner. No lodges or travel lodges in these towns, I guess. Gotta love this too, by the way. Throw the wife under the bus. When Representative Williamson was made aware that he was the winner of the Golden Fork Award, he said, and I quote, Vicky, my wife of 40 years, was by my side constantly at these events, and you know she's getting a meal too. What the? Oh my gosh. Oh man. You have to, uh, you just have to laugh. Let's go on to some of the other award winners. The best fed woman, female legislator who attracted the most lobbying largesse in 2022, Senator Gloria Butler of Stone Mountain, a Democrat. She uh, received almost half, no, a little more than half of what the best fed man, Mr. Representative Williamson from Monroe got. $4,687 from lobbyists representing associations, including realtors, manufacturers, 
utilities, transportation, healthcare, and food and beverage industries. About 58% of their gifts to her were spent on meals and drinks, and the rest on deluxe hotel accommodations. She ranks 16th among all lawmakers on the list. Let me repeat that in a way that you'll understand. She is only 16th out of all Georgia state legislators, but the most lobbied woman. So the other 15 ahead of her, all males. Senator Gloria Butler, the best fed woman in the Golden Fork Awards. The best fed Democrat, the most lobbied Democrat on the list. They had to have an award for best fed Democrat because the best fed Democrat wasn't the overall winner, you see. Anyway, this year's best fed Democrat, Representative James Beverly of Macon, racking up $7,006 in hospitality from lobbyists representing groups who care about sports betting, trial lawyers, convenience stores, healthcare and transportation industries, and the Metro Atlanta Chamber. He ranks fourth overall on the list. So the top three are Republicans. And the best fed Democrat, Representative James Beverly, is fourth. He's in his second term at the House. Let's see some of the goodies he picked up on. He enjoyed multiple meals with lobbyists representing the Georgia Optometry Association in 2022, including $423, come on, it's nothing, in lodging and food at its fall education conference in Athens. He also met with GOA representatives a few times for lunch, including meals at Atlanta Eatery's Homegrown and Geo's Chicken. Those aren't terribly expensive. For meals that cost $13 and $23, respectively. Really? Come on. Is this... Uh, at one lunch meeting, a GOA lobbyist reported they discussed HB 629, the bill that Beverly sponsored this year to increase Medicaid reimbursement rates for health care providers. The bill did not move in the House. Where else? Uh, oh, last being, uh, spring, Beverly joined many lawmakers who attended the Georgia Chambers event in St. Simons, where accommodations he received had a reported value of $725. He also spent a few days at the Georgia Automobile Dealers Association Convention on Sea Island, enjoying $1,180 worth of free food and lodging. So again, number one, Representative Williamson from Monroe, $9,083. Number two was Steve Gooch from Dahlonega, $8,111. He is a Republican as well. The third place person, the third Republican on the list, Representative Rick Jaspierce from Jasper at $7,115. Among the top 10, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Republicans, three Democrats. And again, the top female on the list coming in at 16th. Fascinating stuff. I will share this because I think you deserve to see it as well in today's show notes at ronshowatl.com. If you listen on your podcast platform, specifically on Spotify, I share a blog article there for you as well so that you can see that as well. Good reporting. I love this stuff. Stateaffairs.com, the source uh, free account. I signed up for a free account. I mean, maybe they'll hit me up for money later. I don't know. But that free account, I got to read that article and you can as well. All right. Before I wrap the show, I want to thank again my guest from earlier, Cindy Simpson. She, the moderator, administrator, creator of the Political Rewinders Unwind Facebook group. If you'd like to join that group, by all means, do so. I'll have that link as well in today's show notes at ronshowatl.com. If you'd like to listen on your Amazon Echo device, you have to say her name, A-L-E-X-A, enable the America One radio app, and boom, you can listen to this show 
Weekdays, 5 to 6 p.m. on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com, or your Amazon Echo device. We, of course, also have this on all the podcast platforms, the major ones anyway. There may be others that I don't know about, but the major ones we're on. We've got those podcast links, show notes, and more at ronshowatl.com. Enjoy the remainder of your day, and we will see you next time right here.